Good morning. We are beginning our How to Pray series, and I'm so glad you're here. And thanks to the Selah Choir for being here. What a delight to have you here. I've, I've gotten to hear you a lot, a little bit, uh, a lot on Tuesdays when you're here, but I just hear little sections. So great to put it all together, and we really appreciate your presence and ministering the Word to us and ministering in music. I wrote to myself while I was listening, music helps us to heal and it creates hope. And uh, does lots of other things besides that, but it really is uh, helping. And I know today as we gather, it's kind of May gray out there, and then we move into June gloom. And it seems to me, and it may not be where you're at, but it just seems to me that we've got a lot of people struggling with May gray. And uh, more seriously than the weather, there are some folks that have really experienced tragedy this week in our congregation. And so uh, I think there's a little bit of a heaviness of heart, perhaps, and I think we're in the right place to have our hearts healed, to create hope, and to go forward on this theme of prayer. I am excited about introducing this topic today, How to Pray. A few days ago, I was on the phone with a man named Rob. He's just come here from Texas, and about two months ago, he called me, and Rob and his wife Rhonda are Catholics, very devout Catholics. But uh, through the process of marriage, my daughter-in-law is a part of, uh, through my daughter-in-law, Shannon, I've connected with this family, and uh, I've been able to minister to them a number of ways, particularly at the time of Rob and Rondi's death of his son, that we had the funeral here when Scott died a couple years ago. So Rob called me a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, rather, and uh, explained to me that his mother-in-law had died, and his mother-in-law was very dear to him. She had lived in her their home for some time and had grown old and feeble and passed away. And he said, Steve, in June, we're going to be back in L.A., back home, and would you do a memorial service for us in June? And I said, sure, Rob. So we talked a little. He reflected about his mother-in-law. It was difficult for him to even speak. He was quite emotional. And at the end of that conversation, I said, Rob, can I pray with you? And he said, certainly. And so Rob in Texas and myself here, I prayed for him over the phone. Now, how often when someone is struggling we will say to them, may I pray for you? Or they will ask us, will you pray for me? Now, in the video, the question was asked, do you pray? I suspect that everyone who comes to worship in a Baptist church would answer that question on a Sunday morning, yes, I pray. So I'm assuming you pray today. We all pray. But what does it mean to pray? What are we doing when we try and pray? What is prayer about? Though we all pray, we probably don't spend a lot of time reflecting on what we're doing. And I'm excited because I'm hoping in my own life, as we go through this series for the next uh, five Sundays plus this one, we are going to begin to grow in this area of prayer. And I want to challenge you right now, if you can't be here on a given Sunday, to download the sermon or listen to it on the Internet, get the notes. But uh, begin to think with me about this topic of prayer and begin to grow your prayer life. And I hope that in the end of this series, you're going to say, wow, God has really worked in my life to help me pray uh, in a new way, a fresh way that brings life to me. So I want to encourage you to do that. Now, a couple of things I'd like you to have. There is this uh, sheet of notes in your bulletin. I'd encourage you to find that and follow along. And if you like to look at the scriptures, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. And the verses are printed on the outline, but there's also... Of course, the option of turning to the Bible itself. And if you would turn there in Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, number 1, this is on page 5 in the New Testament. We're going to be uh, in the Lord's Prayer for these next several weeks. And uh, we're going to go in-depth. So each Sunday we're going to be looking at a section of the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. 
So again, I'm quite excited about this. We're going to slow down and we're going to talk in depth about what are we doing when we pray. And this morning, I just want to begin by giving you a bit of an overview or an introduction. I really call this the backstory to prayer. Because as Jesus preached his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, in the heart of that sermon, he began to talk to his followers uh, about some practices. And you'll see uh, that as you look at chapter 6, verse 1. Um, as I look out on the audience, some of you will relate to this, some of you won't, but it dates me a little bit. My favorite TV show of all time was probably Hill Street Blues. It's a cop show. It really put some producers and writers on the map and changed the way a lot of shows are done. But uh, my son, knowing that I love that show, he found uh, the first two years of it and gave it to me as a birthday present a couple years ago. And so periodically, Joyce and I will sit down and we'll re-watch scenes of Hill Street Blues. And it's set in a city like Chicago, a a northern city with snow and brick buildings and so forth. And it's an old beat-up police station. And every series starts with the cops all downstairs getting their briefing. And this is, it was funny to watch because it's back in the day when there's a lot of smoking on TV. So they're down there smoking and they've got their coffee and their donuts and it's a ruckus. And Sergeant Phil stands up and he gives them their briefing for the day. What's going on? And when he's done, they all get about halfway out of their chair and they're about to leave. And he'll say, wait, 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 hold up, quiet, quiet. And he'll hold out his finger and he'll say, let's be careful out there. Now, as Jesus is in the middle of the sermon, I don't know if he saw people yawning or falling asleep or text messaging or what, but in chapter 6, verse 1, notice how he starts this chapter. He didn't know it would be a chapter, I guess, but uh, anyhow, what does he say? In this translation, it says, be aware, or in another translation, it actually says, be careful. So you kind of need to sit up straight and take a deep breath because Jesus is actually starting a warning. Now, I don't like to preach negative sermons. But actually today is going to be more about do not than about do. Because that's just the backstory to the Lord's Prayer. And that's where Jesus started. Now I want to point out something for you. Um, he says in verses 2 and 3, So whenever you give alms, and then in verse 3 he talks about uh, whenever you give alms. Almsgiving, we just finished this series on generosity. Almsgiving is about helping the needy. It's, a, it's an act of mercy. To give alms is to, to give somebody something. It's to be merciful. So he says, whenever you give alms. Now down in verse 5, he says, and whenever you pray. And then over in the next page, verse 16, he says, and whenever you what? Fast. Good thing somebody's looking at their Bible. We've been here all day, huh? Whenever you fast. Now, I point that out for a couple reasons. Jesus isn't giving an instruction. He's not saying you ought to pray. He's not saying you ought to be merciful or to give. He doesn't say you ought to fast. He assumes you are. Notice he says, when you give, when you pray, when you... What was the last one? Fast. So if you like to fill in the points, followers of Jesus... Jesus assumes this. They give, they pray, and they fast. Now, in chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Be aware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. That word piety we don't use much. And other translations say, in the King James, I think it says, Be aware of your acts of righteousness. How many of you had acts of righteousness this week? You're afraid to raise your hands. Few of you did. 
Well, let me ask it differently, because this could also be translated, when you are seeking to do good or when you do good. How many of you tried to do good or do well this week? Yeah, all of us did. So put up your hand. You all had acts of righteousness. You tried to do the right thing this week, right? I mean, that's what following Jesus is about. So we are all trying to practice acts of righteousness. Jesus said, when you're trying to live out your faith, another way to put it, Here's what you do when you give alms, when you pray, when you fast. And he begins to talk to them, but he begins in a way that normally a speaker does not begin. He says, when you do that, don't be. Now, we're going to have a little humor today, I hope. I'm not much at humor, you know that, but uh, we're going to try. Uh, brought some help in. And um, Jesus actually here, and you may be offended by this, but he's making fun of some people. He, he's being very humorous, cavalier, as he points out what you should not do when you give and when you fast and when you pray. Because in each section he says, don't do like, and he points somebody out as a negative example. Now, probably you don't want to spend a lot of time here, so I'm not going to talk about the giving part and the fasting part. Aren't you glad? You can go ahead and have lunch today. But we are going to talk about the praying part. And so let's, let's dig into that. And uh, I'd like you to help me out here because you all pray, but I want you to say this, the following in just a moment. Say, Steve, stop praying. So would you try that? Steve, stop Very good. Because the first thing we're going to talk about is how you should stop praying. Because that's where Jesus begins. So let's look at this. Jesus says, be aware or be careful of practicing your piety. Now, stop praying self-righteous or trash-talk prayers. Now, you're going to resist. You're going to say, well, I don't do that. I'll bet you have. Now, self-righteousness, again, that's not a word we use much, so I was trying to think of a better way to phrase this, and I came up with trash-talk. I'm not real happy with that phrase, but if you're involved in a sport, oftentimes you will um, say things to your opponent to try to bring them down and bring you up. The point is to demoralize them and to elevate yourself. To be self-righteous is to try and, you know, puff yourself up or make yourself at least appear better. Are we okay on that? You, you sort of follow me? Okay. So stop praying self-righteous or trash-talk prayers. And you say, well, how would somebody do that? In verse 5, Jesus points it out. He says, whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. We're going to come back to that. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. What is the goal of a hypocrite? The goal of a hypocrite is to be seen by others. And he says, apparently, there were men, in this case, the Pharisees, who would go to the corner and they would pray so loudly and they would blow trumpets when they gave their gifts that it attracted attention to them, and that was the goal. Now, last Sunday, Pastor Eddie was preaching, and so I prayed, and I wrote out a prayer. Now, here's the thing. How many of you have ever been in a circle of friends or people at church, and you've been asked to pray, but, or, or they were praying, but as you, it came your turn to pray, you were worried about praying because you weren't sure you'd pray right or pray well enough? Or have you ever been in a group of people praying, and you're a little nervous about praying? I mean, I've been there. I assume you have. Now, I, I want to be careful here, but I think that's what Jesus is talking about. Because I know nobody here has probably uh, come to church and said, well, I'm going to pray now, dear Lord. And, you know, everybody, oh, look at that great prayer. 
And you probably don't go stand on a street corner and pray loudly. I doubt that you do that. But what Jesus is talking about here is people that pray and they're trying to elevate themselves and they want to be seen by others. So back to my thing. Let's say that I'm going to pray on Sunday morning and I want it to be a good prayer, so I write it out. Now, I hope there's nothing nothing wrong with writing out prayers because I've got books all over my office with written prayers that I sometimes pray, and that helps me. But if I write out a prayer... And my back of my mind, the big deal is, you know, I hope somebody thinks this is a great prayer. At least I hope two or three people afterwards say, Steve, that's a, I really appreciate the prayer. Now, there's a fine line here, isn't there? Because we want to be excellent in prayer. But if my motive is to get the praise of people in prayer, you see the, the problem? And if your motive, whether you're praying in a group of 200 or two, If your motive, if you're worried about how somebody else thinks about your prayer, then maybe you've got the wrong motive. Because as we're going to learn in this series, prayer is not about impressing the next-door neighbor or the person near you. So that's one warning. Jesus says, be careful about stop praying self-righteous or trash-talking prayers. Now, he uses the word hypocrites. He said, don't be like the hypocrites. A hypocrite was an actor. And uh, to be a hypocrite, I wrote this down because it helped me. Uh, To be a hypocrite is to uh, lay aside your true identity for a false one. And the word comes from from actors. Originally, a hypocrite was an orator. It was a positive word. Then it was applied to actors. Now, uh, I'm not much on Hollywood and movies, and so somebody help me out here. Somebody tell me your favorite actor or actress, and uh, then I'm going to ask you what movie they were in and what role they played in just a moment. Somebody help me out here. Who's a... Who? John Wayne. John Wayne, Dr. Mack. Who was he? Nobody here knows him. Okay, he, they know him. Okay, he's a football player, and what's a great movie you liked that he played in? Okay, he was in a stagecoach. He was a uh, cowboy? Okay. A cowboy western movie. Now, was... When John Wayne was playing as a cowboy in a Western movie and riding around in L.A. somewhere in a stagecoach, uh, was there something wrong with that? Was 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 that evil or wrong? No. He was pretending to be somebody he was not. But we all knew it, right? I mean, it's just for entertainment. So it's okay. But if as a follower of Jesus, we are saying, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm acting like a follower of Jesus on one on Sunday... But then the rest of the week, there's really nothing in my life with, which lines up with the values and teaching of Jesus. If that's the way I live, then we say, wait a minute, there's something doesn't line up here, right? You say one thing, but you do another. You're a hypocrite. And so that if I'm trying to impress you in prayer, but I'm really not trying to connect with God, I'm a hypocrite. And Jesus says, stop praying like that. Just don't go there. You don't need to pray at all if that's how you're going to pray. So that's one warning that he gives us. Check your motives in prayer. What are you doing? A second warning is self-interest or talking head prayers. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I'm guilty of watching the news. That's about the only thing, news and sports that I like on TV. And uh, something happens, and you go on CNN, and they've got these six guys and gals with laptops, and what are they doing? They're talking about, I mean, they're going to talk about the Supreme Court nominee now. They're talking heads. You know what they are? They just talk. It doesn't change anything. They're just going to talk. They, they talk about anything. doesn't matter what happens in the news. They're ready to talk. They're just talking heads. doesn't make any difference. 
Jesus said, don't pray like that. Don't pray about your self-interest. Let's look at verses 6 and 7, or chapters, verses 7 and 8. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as do the Gentiles, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Now, the King James Version says vain repetitions. A couple of things here. Is it wrong to repeat things in prayer? Be careful how you think about this. Is it wrong because he says vain repetitions or empty phrases? Jesus himself, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the toughest hour, didn't he say the same thing several times? He repeated himself. So it's not wrong to repeat yourself in prayer. Nor is it wrong to be persistent because Jesus gave the great story of the widow who was very persistent and got what she wanted. So to persistently pray is not wrong either. What is Jesus talking about here? Well, what he's talking about is this tendency by the Gentiles to, to pile up words and to think, man, you know, I prayed for an hour today, surely God will answer my prayer. Or, you know, I kind of bombarded God with all these words. Is a long prayer better than a short prayer? Not necessarily. It's not the amount of words. In fact, the word Jesus uses here, empty phrases, see if I can pronounce it. The Greek word is batalageo. And it, commentators say it's tough to know the wording, meaning of this word batalageo. And some say, well, it means to stammer. Probably that's not accurate. Probably the word actually has no meaning other than the sound of it. The meaning is in the sound. And so one translator put it, and I think very accurately, he said, do not, instead of do not heap up empty phrases, he says, do not go on babbling like the heathen. Don't babble when you pray. Now you say, well, Steve, I'm glad I never did that. Uh, maybe. Do you ever babble when you pray? You know, you just kind of start praying, and pretty soon you realize, you know, I'm sort of running on here. I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. My mind and my mouth aren't connected, and my heart's sure not there. Now, you wouldn't, well, sometimes we do talk to other people like that, don't we? We're just babbling. And Jesus said, don't babble. Don't bother to pray. Stop babbling. Now, again, to have a little fun with this, um, I'm guilty of this. I'm sure you're not. You pray better than I do. I don't have a gift of prayer. But the prayer of the just, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for First Baptist this morning. I'm just so glad I can be here. I just want to say thank you for your love in my life. And I just, you, you know where I'm going? Next time, you're going to pray differently because I'm going to lean on you about how often you were, use the word just in your prayer. But you don't do that when you talk to anybody else. Why is that? Because we get empty-headed. We just kind of say the same old thing in prayer. And Jesus said, don't do that. Change your language in your, in your prayer life. Um, stop praying the, with the wrong motives. Stop praying with a disconnect from God. Engage your heart. Ask yourself, why am I praying? What am I trying to do here? So Jesus warns us there are certain ways in which we ought to stop praying. So I think today, if God has really spoken to our hearts in a, in a good way, there are going to be ways that you and I are going to stop praying because of this moment. Or we're going to catch ourselves. Now, um, we were thinking about funny prayers that come out of the movies, and some of, you can, some of them you can show, some you can't. But here's one we can show. The uh, movie Meet the Parents, you've heard about that? This guy, in case you haven't seen the movie, this guy goes with his fiancée to her parents' house. And her dad is this very rigid white guy who's uptight and just leans unmercifully on this young man who wants to marry his daughter. It's a, it's a painful movie. It's a comedy. And uh, they are at the dinner table. It's the first time he sat down to eat with her parents. 
He's Jewish. He's not active. And he doesn't know how to pray. He's going to try to pray. And it's an example of somebody that's, you know, bluffing it, I guess. So see if we can watch this video clip of uh, a prayer. <laughs> um, he tried. He tried. Uh, let's go to uh, the second part of Jesus' teaching. This is really, again, the backstory of prayer. Jesus said there are certain ways in which we ought to stop praying and then to start praying. And let me conclude this morning by sharing three things that Jesus says here about how we start praying. Uh, first of all, Jesus says prayer is very simple. It's a conversation with God. And Jesus begins by saying, when you go into your room, shut the door and pray in secret. Now, Jesus is not teaching against public prayers because Jesus himself prayed publicly. He prayed before meals. He prayed when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He had lots of public prayers. There are lots of them in the Old Testament. So praying in public is good. He's not saying that we only pray in secret. But he said there ought to be a time in a follower of Christ's life when they go into their room and shut their door and pray in secret. Now, what I wrote down here, here is go to pray in your treasure. Why did I say that? Well, Jesus... The word he uses here for room is like a storage closet. It's a way of saying if you were an athlete and you had a bunch of trophies in a room, you might have a trophy room. Uh, Someone has suggested that behind this word room is the idea of that's where you keep your treasures or your important things. And someone has suggested that as you decide your time and place to pray, and we should all have a, a place to pray. It doesn't have to be a closet or a secret room, but a private place where we can pray. As we do that... We're going to find treasures from God in that room. As you discipline yourself to regularly pray, you are going to learn to, you will have treasure come to you from your prayer in that room. So it's quite exciting. Go into your room and pray privately your secret moment with God. Now, you may recall the man Daniel in the Old Testament, a great young man who was taken out of his homeland and taken to Iraq, to Babylon. And there he was uh, working for the emperor, the king. And there was a decree came down that they were trying to set up Daniel to get in trouble. And I simply want to remind you of Daniel's habit of prayer. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 says, Although Daniel knew that the decree had been signed, he continued to go to his house. And he went to the upstairs room toward Jerusalem and opened the window and got down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and to praise God just as he had always done. Just an example of this young man's pattern of prayer. He had a place to pray, he would face Jerusalem, and he would pray. So I want to encourage you. You say, well, Steve, how should I start praying? Find a a quiet place to pray. Go to your room. Find a place where it's private and you can pray. Secondly, he says, you pray to your father and pray to your father which is in who is in secret. Now, we're going to talk about the beginning of the Lord's Prayer next week, Our Father who art in heaven, so I'm not going to spend time talking about this. But when you go to pray, you've already got an appointment with God your Father. He's waiting to hear from you. Talk to Him. He wants to hear from you. You have a date. You have an engagement with Abba the Father. So pray. And then thirdly, Jesus says, you will receive a reward. Now, most of us, I don't think, think about, oh, getting a reward when we pray. Earlier we talked about the Pharisees. They stood up. They, it says they wanted to be seen by others, and they prayed loudly so people would notice. And when they prayed, Jesus says people did notice, and that was their reward. 
If I make a great prayer here and my real motive is just so that you say, great job, Steve, then that's my reward. I got it. I'm not going to get anything from God. I got it from you. A praise, a pat on the back. But Jesus says, when you pray to your Father in a secret place, He can see in secret and He will reward you. What is the reward? Well, as you go to the Lord, perhaps you've had a a rough week and you've just blown it and you realize, I need to confess my sins. As you go to the Lord and confess your sins, He forgives you and your reward is cleansing. You're washed free and set free and you're cleansed. Maybe it's been a difficult week and uh, you're in grief and you go to the Lord and you need comfort and your reward is God's comfort to you. Maybe you go to the Lord and you need guidance and God begins to guide you in the right path. There's all kinds of ways in which God will reward you as you pray. In secret, your Father rewards you. So, this morning as we um, wrap this up, a couple couple of things. I want to share with you. I was reading an article about um, a Jewish economist who, strangely enough, was invited to pray at a gathering of politicians in Washington, D.C., and these were evangelical Christian politicians. The Jewish economist's name was Arthur Burns, and he went to this gathering of evangelical politicians, and he prayed. And here's what he prayed, and everybody was shocked as he prayed. He prayed, Lord, I pray that Jews would come to know Jesus Christ. And I pray that Buddhists would come to know Jesus Christ. And I pray that Muslims would come to know Jesus Christ. And then most stunningly of all, he said, And Lord, I pray that Christians might come to know Jesus Christ. The goal of our prayer. That as we pray to God, we want to know God, as Paul said, and to be known by God. We want to intimately know Jesus, our Lord, and follow him. Now, I'm excited as we, uh, settle, send, as we send, send ourselves forth on this journey of prayer. And this morning, here's what I do to conclude. On your outline, there's, um, there's a question, and that is, will I commit to grow in this area of prayer? And there's some boxes you can check. There's a line you may want to fill in on your own commitment there. Ways in which you commit to changing in your prayer life as you study and think about prayer. Secondly, we're going to have an invitation this morning. And in just a moment, uh, we're going to have some playing on the piano. And here's what we'd like to do. Rather than the ushers wait upon you this morning, I'm going to ask you to bring your communication card and your offering up front and place it in the offering plate as your act of worship. Also, we're going to have prayer uh, partners here, people who can pray with you. And I want to encourage you that it's important to come forward and have these prayer partners. They're going to be at the each section here. They're just going to sit down and pray a short prayer with you to help you grow in your own prayer life, to help you move forward. And I'm going to ask them to come forward right now. And so that you can sit and pray with them, and they will just share what you want to pray about as far as growth in prayer, and they'll pray with you. Thirdly, some of us like to write, and you'll see this easel here, and there's some newsprint on the side walls. Maybe you'd like to write out your commitment or your response to today's message or your commitment to God to grow in prayer. So those are three. Come forward when God moves you to give your offerings and communication cards. And uh, we have people here to pray with you to help you go forward in prayer. And then you can write on the uh, markers of the boards on the side as well. So if you're coming and play now, let's worship the Lord through prayer and through response.